Welcome to the Perspective Maintenance Podcast, where we approach topics from different perspectives to help us get unstuck. I'm John Chow, and my goal is to help you see that your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. You feel like there's something more you want to do with your life, and it's so big, it's scary. And if you doubt yourself, don't worry, you're not alone. Most of my clients do too. I have successfully coached people who didn't think they could find a way forward because I have perspectives that most people don't see and insights that most people don't have. I know that for you to live your best days ahead, all it takes is some perspective maintenance. Today we get a real treat. I have invited somebody who has been a mentor to me for the last couple of months, as well as somebody who overall you will be able to tell has been a mentor to many and just has great wisdom to share. So today I've brought on Kim. Kim has over 20 years of being champions for people. She's mentored hundreds of individuals and trained small business teams, facilitated numerous seminars, speaking engagements, and has surpassed over 24,000 professional coaching hours. For Kim, finding the right advocate who partners with you to define your success is key. Timing, preparation, process, and uncovering your personal perspective, that's the foundation of her amazing approach coaching method and her trademark of Beyond the Product. In her spare time, you will find her on Lake Huron, hiking the Bruce with her beautiful dog, Callie, and creating a delicious mess in the kitchen, her words, not mine, (laughs) and capturing images or playing in the dirt. Kim is extraordinary high level yet down to earth, and you're going to find this conversation so enjoyable. I'm just going to get into it right now. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Enjoy. Welcome back to Perspective Maintenance. And today, I mean, all of my guests are special, but this is a special guest in the sense that she is a very selfless and giving person who has also been a mentor to me for the last months and has made a huge difference in my development. I have just learned a lot from looking at her as an example, which I think is the coolest thing. She, of course, has tons of content that you can find all over the web. She's been on multiple podcasts. So even though what she's going to be saying here is going to be really great, you can find her elsewhere as well and hear her story. But for me, it's about you all being able to witness the way that somebody thinks. And I've gotten a lot of help from watching and observing and learning from the way that you think, Kim. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, well, thank you for that introduction. I um. I love that I have met you. And and it's so interesting. I, I want to put a little key in there for people who are thinking about being a mentor. Do it. Do it. It is the most amazing thing that I do. John, you've taught me so much too, just by our conversation. So thank you. Of course. And it was inevitable that we were going to record an episode today because I feel like all of our conversations should be recorded and put out there somewhere and it would help somebody because I know it helps me. So it would, of course, help somebody else. And I've been wanting to do this one specific thing for a while. And you mentioned it to me, which I feel like the universe just brought it together, which was going over the 10 guiding principles because on their own, they're really great, but collectively they have a different feel. And of course the individual episodes are out, but I've been wanting to go through them with somebody and go through all of them and almost do a little bit of a, a flashpoint type of thing where we go through them and I can get somebody's thoughts. And you were definitely somebody that I knew would not be intimidated to give your thoughts of these 10 things. So I'm putting you a little bit on the spot, but I'm thankful that you're willing to do this. 
Okay, let's go rapid fire. Amazing. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to go through the 10 guiding principles. I'm going to say them one by one. Kim is going to be able to share with us her thoughts on them. Kim, feel free to go as long or as short as you want to. It doesn't have to be super rapid fire, but I would love to hear your thoughts on these things, starting with guiding principle number one, which is take every opportunity to delight. Hmm. I like the number one. It's actually my favorite one. There's a saying out there that we see all the time in the memes and the hashtags and whatever, and it's do what you love. And when you and I have lots of conversations, what I'm really good at is flipping the perspective around or the narrative. So instead of saying, take every opportunity to like, the first thing I think of is find love in what you do. So that's mine. Okay. Is that the thought? Because when we take time to find the, what we, the love what we do, then we'll automatically do things that delight other people. So when I hear that, like it's that I'll take every opportunity to delight, you know, a lot of people will talk about do things that you love yeah. and, and we're not going to actually be able to do everything that we have to do. We're not going to love it. I should re-say, right? right? So yes. it's find love in what you do um, every day. So switching it. So when I read that or I hear that, yeah. I think, you know what, just find love in what you do. There's going to be hard things that you have to do when you are trying to change a habit, when you are trying to build a business, not all the parts are fun, and they're oh. definitely, but if you find delight in mm-hmm. everything, if you change that narrative of I have to, and you change it to I get to, mm-hmm. there you go. So that's what I hear. Oh, and- good. I love that because that perspective has not been shared yet. So I think that's brilliant. I really, really like it. Okay, right. but we don't need to do any more. Right. I know. Episode is over, guys. We got yeah, what we need out of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second guiding principle is preparation leads to the best improvisation. Uh, this one is a big one for me. <clears throat> I am really good or been known for being able to pivot and pivot very quickly. But that's sometimes I sit and think of going, okay, if I actually prepared more, how much better would I be, right? Because I, I go through high school, I'd be the one at, you know, 10 o'clock at night finishing papers or getting up early in the morning, right? So when I think about this, I have a saying of know your scripts so you can master the situation. Mm. I love that one. And the other one is kind of my, my cooking side. I love to cook. You know that I used to be a chef. And the other one is recipes are just suggestions. That's oh. all they are. So your recipes, your foundation. And then add your personality, add your improvisation to that recipe, right? That's how things taste better. It's like, oh, your apple pie is so much better than my mom's, whatever it may be. So those are my two. Absolutely. What do you think holds people back from spending more time preparing? It's the non-fun work. Mm. Right? That's not fun. You know, so we have to, to be able to spend the time in preparation. We have to find out what works for us first. That's why my company is called the Approach Coaching Method. Everybody has a different approach that'll work for them, right? Correct. So it's spending the time, finding the environment, the time of day that works for you, the, the process that works for you, that makes sense for you to find delight, going back to your, the other word, right? Find delight on doing the work. And then again, going back to that whole part of, I get to do this mm-hmm. because I get to sit here and plan and figure out who my ideal client is, who my ideal market is, what the language they like. I get to have a successful business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For everybody listening right now, there's a certain difference between short-term thinking and longer-term thinking. And 
Kim has been a professional and a well-recognized professional in her field for a very long time. And I think that really comes from that long-term thinking. And I've been able to be in this mindset more and more. As I've said in previous episodes, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in coaching for the long haul. And I think getting to a place, if any of you are listening and you want to be in something for the long haul, I think preparation is definitely the thing that will make it a huge difference, which leads us into guiding principle number three, assume nothing by questioning norms. Mm. I might get into trouble. Whenever I like the norms that are out there, right? So one of the norms that's out in one of the industries that I coach in is financial service. And ooh, I'm a little terrified to say this out loud. That's when I know I have to say it, right? A big conversation out there is we need more women in financial services. We need more women in financial services. And I'm going, well, why? Help me understand why. Do we? Do we really? And by questioning the norms, because it's what everyone's saying, it's parroting. People, people jump on the bandwagon and call it whatever. Okay, if we need more women in financial services, why? Tell me why. Let's dig down deep. What's missing? And by the research that I've done, and I was in the industry for 23 years, and I coach a lot of advisors. I coach people who give advice for a living. That's what I do. And by digging down deeper, it's not really at face value what we first see. It never is. When you question the norm, it's just kind of the face value. But when you dig down deeper, the root is where the change happens. Mm-hmm. So this whole part that I'm researching and I'm discovering is now we don't need more women was that we need to change the culture. That's what we need to work on. It's not just a gender issue. It's a culture issue. So questioning those norms and asking more questions around it and looking at the, you know, any leadership post, right? We've always done it this way. And everyone's like, no, let's look at it. Let's question it, right? With that, with the leadership movement. So it's just digging down deeper and asking really, what is the root to this basic statement that everyone is saying that's norm floating around there? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think people can benefit a lot from you in a lot of ways, one of the things I think is your professionalism. And when it comes to questioning norms, there's a certain a fear of ruffling feathers. If somebody is still in an environment that they want to stay in and they want to excel in and still be socially accepted in, yet they want to challenge some norms, what would be a good approach to doing that? Mm-hmm. It's getting really curious. It honestly is. So even just that statement I just made, leaving corporate and opening up my own coaching practice, that statement is out there so much. And it bothered, I, I am a woman, it, I'm, I was senior management, senior leadership, and you know, and I didn't see that until after I left, I was hearing it more. So the suggestion I make is, you know what, park your perceptions, park it, and seek first to understand mm. before you could be understood. Right. So to do the work before, get really curious and ask questions. So what I did was I went and took 90 days and I interviewed a hundred women in financial service and I asked them three questions. They weren't leading or anything at all. I just authentically got their opinion. I didn't lead it at all. And I let that help me make the decision and help me change my opinion or change it from being an opinion to actually, you know, practical. Like, this is really what's happening out there. So it's that part of, I, I suggest everyone to just pause, park your opinion and get really curious, ask questions, seek first to understand, and then be understood. Mm, I really love that because 
I think a lot of times the disposition that people might think of when we are talking about challenging norms is automatically ruffle feathers, not be happy, leave this place. But that doesn't have to be the case. You might be kind of exactly what you're saying, looking at all the things, looking at every perspective, challenge some of the norms and realize that this is a great place and I really want to stay here. And at the end of the day, what might be a good environment for you, Kim, might not necessarily be one for me and that's okay or vice versa. But if we can find the right place for us to be, challenge the norms, be at a place where they feel like they want to have us be involved in creating almost a new norm because every organization needs to grow and develop, then that could be a really, really great place. So the leaving corporate and whatever isn't the answer to everything. I really want everybody to be hearing this guiding principle very clearly, which you have described, Kim. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. And, and it is, it is that, that challenging the norms, I guarantee you're not the only one thinking the same thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, so with movement is community, right? A leader doesn't become a leader until it has its first follow. So how do you do that? You have conversations. And thank you for saying that too. You know, there is this movement right now of fuck corporate and get out. Uh, just pause. Like sometimes you're the problem. <laughs> right? And people have great intentions. People don't wake up every day saying, I want to make everyone's life horrible. That's not how people wake up. It's not right. at all. Yeah. Totally. Let's be human. Let's be human again. Right? I Our agree. Moment. Well, then this leads us into guiding principle number four, which is always choose authenticity over acceptance, which I think is really cool because it's a pendulum thing that I feel like sometimes we're in an environment, we feel really socially pressured, therefore we don't know how to be authentic. And then we push too far the other way and we try to be completely authentic in air quotes. But in reality, that is a really unpresentable person that is just letting it all hang out in a not such a great way. And that's the other side of the pendulum, which I don't think is that healthy either. What's your perspective on this? Kind of- when, you, when you were saying that the other side of the pendulum, I was thinking about a presentation I went to a couple months ago. And this lady showed up in sweatpants and a hoodie and to present to all these people. She's like, I'm just being me and I'm comfortable. And I'm going, wow, the gate, that's maybe a little bit too far. Maybe making some Lulus and you know, a nice slut. I don't know. But it does. There's like this, if we're trying to find our place, we're trying to find our spot. So when you say choose authenticity over acceptance, there's two pieces that I think about that comes to mind right away off it is a saying that it's been out there a lot. And I actually did a really good post and I changed the language so it wouldn't be taken down, but it's the you do you, you magnificent what the fuck. (laughs) So, right. It's go be who you are, have your authentic voice. Show up with pride. And I think that's the part that's missing, right? Is that self-respect. So when we, when the pendulum swings too far, we're missing that self-respect and pride. And there's, there's like, when it goes too far, there's angry, or you've got to prove a point or something, right? Like mm. that's when it goes too far. So when you're authentically showing up and you're showing up in joy, like that's the key that you're looking for to yes. go being who you are, you magnificent like mm-hmm. you are joyful you are happy you are contributing to society your family your relationships like that's it and there's something so interesting you and i've had our talks and in our talks we talk about um one of my favorite books and you just posted it again not too long ago big magic right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big magic i think it's her chapter on motivation that i probably listened to over and over and over and and it just talks about the snowball effect So when you choose authenticity over acceptance, you have this amazing snowball effect. 
So you're showing up in joy. You're showing up as you are, as your true self. Then that helps you attract authentic people. So your authenticity is now a snowball effect to attracting more authentic people. So let it be business, social media, friends, family. I don't care what it is. That's how you make the change. Mm, so brilliant. And I really want to circle back to what you said about doing it with joy, because I think a lot of times people are showing up authentically in air quotes with anger or with resentment or with something to prove. And then all of a sudden we can say things that are not necessarily that great, which will be on the internet forever. Whereas I think when we do show up with joy, then there's a certain level of humility that is there. The wisdom that you are able to see the lens through is so helpful because I think as we, I mean, I've experienced this to a certain degree, I've changed dramatically almost three times in the last 15 years. And some of what I used to think, I no longer think. And so if I can show up with joy, be authentically myself, come with a certain attitude of humility as well, then perhaps five years from now, when I change my opinion on something, it won't be so stark to other people because they understand that I'm just on this journey of finding myself as well. Yeah, yeah. big difference. Mm -hmm. Which then really leads us into thinking about guiding principle number five, to not take things personally. And that's a hard one for me. So I love what you, I mean, you've been through a ton of, I mean, since we're sharing, uh, we're swearing already, you've been through a ton of shit. And <laughs> I really marvel at your ability to endure and survive what you have and be this positive person that you still are today. So talk us through not taking things personally. Mm. A lot of work had to go into this. I really did. I am <clears throat> the root of me. I'm a people pleaser. I really am a people pleaser. My, my currency, my pay is the out girl, the pat on the back. So I, I ever, I've taken jobs where I've never even looked at the salary. I just knew I'm like, oh my gosh, I can have impact here. I can do this. And they really like me. And they're encouraged, you know, all that kind of stuff. It is so important to not take things personally. Pause and look at it. Why are they saying this or why are they feeling it this way? So get really curious with that tension that you're having in that situation. And that'll give you a lot of information of, okay, should I have kept my mouth shut? <laughs> right? Um, am I wrong? Am I right? What kind of, maybe they're having a bad day or they're just an idiot. <laughs> it's usually the three things like you when you kind of look at it, but that's how you continually learn is when you get curious in those moments, when you're feeling some tension, when something is hurting, look at again, the root behind it. Why is this happening? Why am I feeling it's this way? It could be just as much as you're having a bad day, need to go eat a cookie. It could be that you're not around. It's, it's a wonderful way to be guided to okay, these are my people. This isn't my place. I need to go look elsewhere and stop focusing my energy and effort here. So it's an old saying of control what you can control. Mm. That's it. Just control what you can control. Wow. I, that, I have nothing to add. Usually I do, but that's that a really <laughs> good one because it's true. And that is one of the best ways to not take things personally. What about then being of this mindset because of controlling what you can control? Always playing offense seems to be a really good idea and principle to follow. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. There's always that talk about the getting unstuck. To get unstuck, you have to move forward. Well, how do you move forward? 
And and so it's kind of going back again to to the root before you can do any type of action. You need to know the systems and the way and the process to get you to move forward and always play offense. So it was a big word in my life. And it's actually probably been my word of the year for a very long time or repeatedly. And it's being intentional. Mm. So I think that that is always be intentional with everything that you do. And it's looking at, are you trying to create a new habit? Are you trying to create a new business? Are you trying to, you know, whatever what it may be is when you're looking back at, okay, the only way I can move this forward is if I apply an intention and I don't use discipline because that's kind of a negative word for a lot of people. And, and so we want to keep positive words. So if you're intentional of something of, of just of being always playing offense of, okay, I want to start a business. Okay. What does the other successful business owners that you know, what do they do and how do they move forward? And by always looking forward, looking, looking forwards, to me, that's just offense itself, right? Intentional, looking forward, diving down into things. So that's my thought on that one. Be intentional. Oh, that's huge because I think then we will find ourselves in different situations and opportunities. I think a lot of times people look at other people and say, oh, how did they get so lucky? But perhaps it was the intentionality that they have put behind things that then led them to different opportunities. And this really is about playing offense. So well said. Thank you. <laughs> Which, okay, I, I love it. Then this goes into how you do anything. It's how you do everything, which is very intentional. Uh-huh. It is like great. It, it's amazing how all of this great is is so connected. This could be a workbook for somebody. <laughs> it really could be a workbook because it's so connected. And it goes back to habits. And where we're looking at that, it, it is true. How you do anything is how you do everything. It, it's our subconscious mind. It's, it's that reaction, right? It's that when we go back to when we have that baseline built, it's very easy to pivot off of something because you have that core true self. So I always think that Habits is always the truth behind our results. So whatever result we have in the end, it's not that end goal or that result. It's the truth on what led up and what we did to that result. So I think it is very true that how you do anything is how you do everything. It's just, it's that way, period. So mm -hmm. if you need to change some of that, you don't like some of the things that you're doing or how you're showing up, back up, re-record over the tapes, back up. Can you speak a little bit more into this whole self-awareness thing? Because I think one of the things that people really struggle with is self-awareness. And mm -hmm. there's a certain level of delusion that we all have. And through all of the experience that you have, I really view you as somebody who's very self-aware. And you've been able to help me be more aware of myself as well with different exercises that you've done with me and reflections that we've done together. How could somebody work towards being more self-aware? It's, it's everything, right? It's, and it's never just one thing. To be more self-aware, you have to work on, on, again, showing up in joy, getting rid of or understanding what the definition of validation means to you and who you need to get it from. It means vulnerability. And it means, again, that honesty and authenticity. So you can't, you know, have that change or any of those pieces. Like it just, it won't work. Unless you just have very curious, honest conversations and you're ready to listen. It is that there's that old saying, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So 
the quieter we are and we just stop and listen to everything that's going on and taking that time and those moments to do that, mm. th that that's how you self-reflect and look. And some people call it hokey or airy-fairy or wary or whatever. No, it's not. It's called being a good human being. And it's about loving yourself enough and then holding up the obligations to the world around you. Wow. I really love the loving yourself enough part because I think a lot of times I didn't historically in the past want to look inside me that much because I was afraid I wouldn't like oh. what I found. And I think loving ourselves enough, knowing that we're imperfect, that we have areas to work on, being okay seeing the ugly parts of ourselves, but still loving ourselves because of that, knowing that we're a work in progress, being able to admit to these different parts so that we can start working on it. That's huge. And it starts with loving ourselves enough. So thank you for leading with that. How do we then make the intentionality of curating our surroundings? And of course, I talked about it from the way of both the physical surroundings that we have, which you are great at creating a, a feeling of a home, which I think is so cool. And even I'm sure in the kitchen, you have things set up in a way that's really conducive to how you cook. So curating our surroundings physically, but also curating the surroundings of the people that we're around because we're influenced by those who are around us. So talk us through curating your surroundings. You said that, like I'm sitting in a 130 year old cottage and we said goodbye to the city. I had waterfront property in the beaches in Toronto that everyone would die to live in. And I had to get rid of it. That did not feed me. That was not my happy place. I was born and raised in the country. I know I love earth. I know I love nature. I am a water baby through and through and through. I needed to go and, and give up. And it was really funny, you know, March 9th, <laughs> just before 40s, before the world shut down, I looked at my hubby saying, I, I don't want to be here anymore. Let's move up to the cottage full time and then let's build eventually. So we've got this old rundown decrepit place and I made my office surrounding really nice. I built a really nice backdrop. I, things are around me that I want. I have inspirational things in front of me that works for me. So your space is so important. When I relax, I have a beautiful back deck with gorgeous plants and flowers. In the kitchen, food is my joy. So I have the, the tools that I like and the process that I like and the certain, you know, cuts of meat that I like, my favorite butcher or my fishmonger. It's that whole of everything we do, apply an experience to. All should be an experience. It's even the funniest thing of the scent of soap that you use to wash your hands. Like people mm. don't understand. It goes that finite down. And changing just little things and little pieces bit by bit. The people you're around. And then when we curate your surroundings, we start kind of thinking about our, our mental wellness and what helps us move forward in life and business and all that kind of stuff. We're in the most connected society to date. Although we are so disconnected, unfortunately. Mm. And that makes me very sad. Mm. Right? And I, all I can do is my part. And so when I do connect with someone on social media, I actually say, hi, how are you? Loved your reel or whatever. Like, you know how I act on social media. And I use, and it's kind of the cure your surroundings of the tools in my kitchen. Well, my surroundings in my business and in my social media life, I, I use social media as a tool. It's just a tool to help me connect with more people. It's mm -hmm. not the volume of people. 
it's more of the right people. So I have nice surroundings for my office, in my kitchen, in my gardens, in my family life, on the water, and in my business life. I work all the time to make sure that that person belongs. And it's all with intention because I want to serve them. Mm-hmm. And show up with joy and it's re- re- reciprocal and it's not the, the here here's everything like be my friend you know that that but not that part mm-hmm. right let's play barbie dolls i'm really cool i have a cool house it's not that it's the you're really awesome and i love your message and i love your story let's get to know each other mm-hmm. and it's amazing to me how many people go uh what are you going to try and sell me yep. I, 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 I don't need a coach right now well I can't take anyone for a year and a half, so we're okay. I just think you're really cool. Let's talk. Mm. And and this all goes back to intentionality. You are intentionally connecting with people that you know are able to either be at your energy level or help raise your energy level for the sake of being with each other because we all lift each other up. And it isn't to get something out of them or to try to sell them something or whatnot. The intentionality behind that, I think, is so cool because I think we can fall into just being around the same people that we've always been around and whatnot out of comfort. And I also see this with you. You intentionally also go and seek out the best views and sceneries and places to hike with your dog and just places that make you happy. And so the curating of those surroundings isn't just your immediate surroundings that you're curating, but you're also seeking whether it's people or places to curate that kind of surroundings. And it's that limited surrounding that you're at for an hour that fills your soul that you can come back to your permanent surroundings and be the kind of person that you are. I really like that. Yeah, important. Out of all these questions, this one's actually the most important in my mind. Mm-hmm. Are, are all these statements. It truly is. The best coaching sessions I've ever had is out going for a walk and having a coffee or sitting on the dock by the water. All that, all that feeds into it. And even when we're looking at the social media and, and, and what's going on and, and creating your surroundings there and what you watch and what shows up in your feed. Like I only have 600 followers on Instagram. I think that's it. I would probably have over 5,000 for sure if I didn't remove a lot of followers. So kind of like creating a surroundings, I wanted a surrounding of authenticity. So to me, that translated into anybody who followed me, who is the fake military guy that posts just so happened 20 pictures on the same day and thinks I'm beautiful in broken language, right? <laughs> All these fake accounts following me. I didn't even feel authentic and I couldn't, it, w- it wasn't conducive to my environment, create, create an environment of success. Having all these accounts following me that were fake, just mm-hmm. up, right? So it mm-hmm. leads into so many different things. A hundred percent. And this really emphasizes the intentionality of quality. And I think for anybody out there who is a coach or thinking about being somebody who is of impact, I would say that if we are able to have, let's say a, a newsletter or a group of 30 people that we're really connected with, it's so much better than having a thousand followers who barely open our emails and don't really care about what we're saying, but we got them to sign up somehow through a league magnet. And now we can say that we have a list of a thousand people, but if they're not really those people that we're engaging with, and connecting with and growing with, then what's the real purpose behind it in a lot of sense? So I really appreciate that mindset, Kim. And this really goes into the purposefulness or the intentionality, once again, of responding versus reacting. And I really like what you said about the way that you 
re responded to those fake followers, it wasn't a reaction of a negative type thing, but you very strategically thought about how you were going to respond. And that's just one of many examples that I'm sure you're going to share. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because a lot of people miss that a response does not need to be verbal all the time. It could be an action. So I love that you said that because not very many people realize that. So kudos. Um, the other part is that it, it can go into a couple of different ways, but even going back to my, that saying that I said before of seek first to understand and then be understood. Right. And, and I've got a, <laughs> well, you'd probably maybe get it from me. I have a really bad temper. I have a very bad temper and are used to, I guess. Um, I've worked really hard on it because I'm extremely passionate. Like I am the vigilante with the super cape and I'm going <laughs> to protect everybody. And if you are a bad, mean person, I am going to tell you you're a bad, mean person. And I'm going to make you feel this big and I'm going to blah, 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 and go on my high and mighty. Who am I serving doing this, right? I now have someone else that's really pissed off and upset. I am now upset, you know, all of that kind of stuff too. So it's that whole part of, again, seeking first to understand and then be understood. And you have to respond and stand up in your truth, right? So when you stand up in your truth, when you've done all that other big work and you understand your core essence, your North Star, your truth, who you are, everything's really going to just fall into place on how you respond to a situation and how you react in a situation. It just, everything just feels effortless when you do that work first. So. Those are my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then the outcomes in every single way is 100% better. It isn't just us then looking back, wishing we did something differently, but knowing that we are somebody who've grown into the ability to intentionally respond in a certain way. I can't begin to say how many people who later on in, uh, that I've seen later on in life realize that they shot themselves in the foot because <sighs> of something that they've done before and not to say that we always want to be so calculated, but at the same time, knowing that we're in this for the long haul, it's really important to have this mindset. Oh, it's huge. Like I, I live right on the water, Lake Huron, and there's so many protected, protected areas and stuff like that. And sometimes with older areas, waterlands and rural areas, there's the families that have been around forever. And so there's a family member that's been around forever here. And there's an old, old road that's shut down, but nobody's supposed to drive down. And it says, don't, not vehicles past here. This is a special conservation area to protect the grasslands and the shoreline. The town finally came and put a, you know, no parking beyond this point sign. And there's a neighbor of mine that keeps driving down this down road and parking there and walking two feet to his boat that he has moored there illegally. <laughs> and I found gas cans left there. Someone ran over a turtle, right? And a snake. And I, he's the only one that does it. So I'm thinking it's him. I'm making a judgment, right? Who knows if it was him or not, right? I don't know. I didn't see it happen. And all this stuff. And I'm walking Cali every morning and he goes really early. Doesn't work. Just all the stuff that I just, I just get angry at him, right? And I'm getting, mm. and the other morning, 5.30 in the morning, I'm walking my Cali and he goes, pulls flying up into the water and la, 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 la. And I, I looked at him, I said, help me understand. And, and of course, like I'm across the bay, but help me understand. Why do you continue to park there? And as soon as that left my mouth, I've got a very loud, loud, aggressive voice when I'm loud, right? And so it's five, three in the morning. He's probably barely awake. And I just totally blazed this guy. And then he blazed me back and it was swearing back and forth and all this stuff. And it's the, 
he started saying ridiculous things of my family founded this area. My dad fought the war here. And I'm back at him saying, well, then you should respect this place more than anyone else. <laughs> you know, and, and there's like this horrible argument that I just had with my neighbors three blocks down that I'll see it in this little community. And I'm going, what good did this just do? Mm. Mm -hmm. And it may be frustrating to feel like we have to be the bigger person sometimes, but it's less about being the bigger person and more about how we are impacting our own lives because you're going to have to see them in other places. And so by playing the role of the bigger person, you're maybe making it your life better for yourself as well. It wasn't my place. My place, what I should have done mm. is gone to the MNR, gone to the county and just said, you know what? There's a vehicle doing this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've then I've done my part. I've reported it. Got right? it. Got it. Yep. That's true. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. When we look yeah. Back. Well, and then I think this is a perfect time to go into what we think always trumps what we do. And I think mindset then is really, really huge because we can do certain things that are not necessarily aligned with how we think, but what we think ultimately impacts what we do. Mm -hmm. There's so much to this one, the last one. There's a lot. It's, what can I, the most important one is to pick out of. <clears throat> There's always this exercise. So I used to be a high-end athlete and people always talk about visualization. And, and visualization is a big part of, or even let's just talk about our imagination, right? Our bodies don't know the difference. Our bodies actually don't really know the difference when we're having visualization or imagination. So that truly helps us. So when, when I used to race and paddle, I would go visualize and I'd hear the water, I'd hear the announcer, I'd hear everything. I'd know how my feet were positioned. I knew when was I going to stop hydrating, how I was going to put the, you know, my sticky tack on my hand so the blade wouldn't fall out of my hand. Like there's everything of that. What we think really does feed into what we do. And there's that big saying of the caption of behaviors versus beliefs. And it's very interesting of what we truly believe, what we truly believe becomes out in how we behave, period. So there's a lot of people and you take this a little further. They say they're this, or they say they believe in this, or they say they're going to, but the true, true belief comes through in the behavior they go move forward in. It's incredible. The largest client I have ever landed in my whole entire life. And I was young, 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 young. And so many people wanted to land this guy. And we were at a big seminar and doing things that everyone's nicey nice and walking around and shaking hands and you're amazing you're awesome yes i live a good life and i'm a good person here to support you and the meeting's going on we just finished having lunch service and i'm standing in the back because i was one of the employees i'm standing in the back and there's a couple of napkins that everyone kept it was right on the way up to the door there's a couple of napkins on the ground that everyone just kept stepping over all the time and i'm going could someone pick that up as they walk by nobody's doing it nobody even the vice president walked right over it so I kind of sneaked forward while the speech was going on and I went and I picked up those napkins and I put them away and the, the Sarah lady said, thank you so much because their arms were so full of trays, right? And I helped them. I went back and meeting ended. And at the end of the meeting, this big advisor came up to me and he said, I want to have a meeting with you. And I said, oh, thank you, Jim. And he said, no, you are the only person. I saw what you did. Every single person on your team, right up to the boss, was, I guess, waiting over above us, stopping and picking up that napkin. You stopped and did it. You are a true, authentic person and you do care. I want a meeting. Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Very much so. And we have no idea who's observing us at all times. And I think that's the coolest part. And this goes back to what you were saying about social media or being on LinkedIn or being somebody who's just genuinely yourself and wanting to be of service, connecting with people because you want to do that, not because you want to do anything with them per se. And at the end of the day, everybody's watching and people can tell who are the real ones and who are just out there for themselves. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. Kim, this was so cool. I think we're going to probably do this as a two-parter. We're going to continue on and have another conversation about what holds people back from being their best self. And But we're going to stop here for now and have everybody really reflect on these 10 different things and what it means to them. And this is what I really want you to do for those who are listening. Kim gave her perspective on these 10, which is so valuable, yet this is Kim's perspective. I really want each of you to re-look at the 10. The 10 are going to be written out in the show notes, and we're going to have them put there for you to look at it. And I want you to think about what this means to you. And if it helps to go back to one of the episodes to listen to it, to get a little bit more insight or to go back and rewind and listen to what Kim shared on this one thought, then you can decide what it means to you. Perhaps this is a way for you to move forward and to be your best self. So tune in to the next episode as we talk a little bit more. 